hadn't met yet, my name is Jordan. I'm one of the pastors here. Those of you tuning in online, drop in the chat. Let us know where you're watching from. And got church, like uh, we, we got to hear from our lead pastor, John, and his wife, Cindy. And man, I'm just so glad they get a chance to get away. So don't worry, they'll be back soon and you can nap while he preaches, just like you always do. But um, <laughs> thank you for the pity laughs, that's good. <laughs> but uh, real quick, man, I, I, John, Pastor John and Cindy, we love you guys. We're so grateful, um, so honored to get to work with you. So let's make some noise and show them some appreciation. Come on, we love you guys. And so we've been in this series, and we kicked it off a few weeks ago called Storyline. And it's based on this idea that everyone has a story, and your story matters. And, and then last week, Pastor Michael talked about how there's a power in presence. And when you have Jesus in your story, there's, there's power there. And there's nothing like the presence of, of Jesus in our life. And I was sitting in the airport in Charlotte this week and, and thinking, man, what, where, where do we go? Where do we go within a, a Storyline? And we all love a good like transformation story. Am I right? Like a good, a good made new story, like Rocky. <laughs> Any Rocky fans in the house? We, listen, we love to see Rocky go from this like sloppy street fighter and over the course of like 500 movies, he becomes, he becomes a boxing legend and we love watching how, how Mickey takes him from you know, the street fighter into, into a champion and like, we love seeing Rocky uh, being made into a new man and then of course, like there's transformation stories like Johnny Lawrence and Cobra Kai, right? And what? That did not get enough a, a reaction from you guys. No Cobra Kai fans in the house? Yes, like I'm reliving my childhood, guys. And I mean, listen, we love watching Johnny Lawrence and, and he transforms into this kind of just beat down, uh, kind of just lazy guy. And he develops his heart for kids and somehow in a weird way, but sometimes successful, like he helps get, and then there's Daniel LaRusso. Like we love the made new moment of their story that sometimes, it's like some of our friendship, like some of your marriages, like you love each other, hate each other next moment. No pity laughs on that one, okay. <laughs> but like we love a good made new story. And ladies, I hadn't forgot about you. Like we love the made new moment as we watch Sandra Bullock, aka Gracie Hart, as she, as she wrestles through the tension of being this rough around the edges, edges FBI agent and she transforms into a beauty queen, into Miss Congeniality, which by the way is Pastor John's favorite movie. I heard that's up for him and Miss Cindy next in the hot tub watching Miss Congeniality. Um, or, or Lion King in any animated movie fans. Like Simba as he's running from his past and we watch over the course of time as he meets two friends, uh, Timon and Pumbaa, and he becomes, he becomes the next great king. And, and here's why I think we all love a good transformation story is because I think it's, um, it's something we all want in our own lives. Like in our story, we, we want to be transformed because I think, I think deep down, like we know who we really are when nobody's watching. Like we know the thoughts in our head and we're like, yeah, but I want a relationship with Jesus and I want to be made new. But then like <laughs> the thought I just had about that guy that cut me off or um, maybe the things we look at, like what if we could put all your thoughts on the screen? Because I think we know there's this tension we wrestle with of like who we are and who we want to be. Right. And there's this tension and there's this fear inside of all of us because like, like God wants to do the same story and you now he wants to make us new. But like, yeah, we wrestle with this tension and, and, and maybe you can't see you for who you really are. Like there's a past. <laughs> and maybe we know who we are in relationships. We know 
those parenting bloopers and blunders. <laughs> we know how we treat people. We know what's going on in our lives and we want to be made new, but yet we, we know this tension we wrestle with or, or maybe, maybe you've been made new by God and all you see is the old you. And you're like, okay, listen, I have this relationship with Jesus, but like, what about the past? Like, I can't escape that. I, like Simba tried to run. And if you know the story of Lion King, it called up with Simba, right? Like, what if you're like, I, I, God's done something in me, but I can't escape the past. And like, there's this tension we all wrestle with. I think you wrestle with too. And maybe, maybe um, we're in a series called Storyline of how God wants to use your story but yet you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. So like, there's this tension of like, I love church. Like the community is really fun. Like this church is the most kind and welcoming people in the world. I just come to hang out. Like I like set up and tear down because I get to hang with people, but I don't actually know Jesus. And so we're saying God wants to use your story, but like Jesus hasn't entered your story. Or maybe, maybe you're like my friend Stella and, and she shared like, I, I don't know that God wants to use my story because it's not some big dramatic story. Or maybe you think you're just too young, you're too old. There's all these excuses of why, why God wouldn't want to use your, or we make up as to why God wants to use your story. But the truth is, is God's trying to write the same story in everyone in here. See, the story God is wanting to write is of old things made new. Like he wants to take the old you and he wants to transform you into somebody new. And there's only two groups of people in the room. There's, there's people that have a relationship with Jesus and those that don't. And no matter where you are in that relationship with Jesus, God's story for you is to be made new. And like Pastor Michael, Pastor, that country came out there a little bit. Like maybe there's a zigzag, right? And your story is kind of crazy and all over the place, but yet still God's desire is to make you new. And, that, and that's, that's the goal of, of, of God's story. And see, we, we say it like this, like God... He wants to write the same story in all of us. And listen, you can be made new in a moment, but you're made more like Christ over time. And, and so we, we see that we'll say it like this, like being made new is being made right with Christ in a moment, but like Christ over time. And, and, and so no matter where you are, like God has the same story. And I think it's what we long for in our own lives is to be made new. And to be, be the person God created us to be, or maybe be the person that you know you should be. And then there's a guy named Paul in the Bible. And if you don't know the story of Paul, Paul, Paul had a past. Like he was very educated. He, he, was, he was probably very affluent, but here's what we learned about Paul was Paul was a mean man. Like Paul helped murdered Christians. And any, any Impractical Joker fans in the room? Oh, I love that movie. Like I fall asleep every night now watching Impractical. Somebody clap for that? Thank you. That's worth clapping for. The Impractical Joker. Oh, they really did. Yes. Let's clap. Why not? <laughs> Thank you. You look really happy about that. I like, <laughs> she loves that joke. Well, sometimes I feel like everybody thought they were on an episode of Impractical Jokers. Cause like Paul is all of a sudden the guy who was going out killing Christians. Like, Hey, yo, I'm a Christian now. They're like, uh, <laughs> you can like cut my head off or something. Like they, they knew who Paul was. And then Paul was made new. And Paul develops this relationship with Jesus. He has an encounter. And in all of our, our, our moment may not be this magical encounter where, that Paul had where he saw a light from heaven and heard the voice of Jesus, but it just could, it just may be somebody stopping and asking your name and you felt seen. And listen, like church, for those of you that have that relationship with Jesus, like you could be that big moment in somebody's life. And it doesn't have to be falling off a donkey with a bright light shining in your eyes and you need some new sunglasses. Like it, it could just simply be somebody saying, hey. Yeah. 
And so Paul's made new when he has his relationship with Jesus and he talks about what you and I are gonna wrestle with. And, and so listen, you gotta listen from two sides, right? There's some of us that have a relationship with Jesus and there's some of us that don't, but in all of us, God's writing the same story of old things made new. So, but how do we handle that tension of being made new, but we know what's in our head, we know what's behind closed doors, we know what we struggle with? How do, how do you wrestle and balance that tension. And listen, Paul writes about it. And, and so we're gonna, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it was gonna be really smart. You just really missed it. We're, we're gonna go through Colossians 3 and Paul talks about being made new. And he gives us, there's four choices you and I have to make in our made new story. And the first choice is this, you gotta choose your thoughts. See, he's, Paul says this in Colossians 3, one through two. He says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. And Paul teaches us something so powerful about being made new. He teaches us this. Jesus gives you a new life, but you have to choose, your, choose new thoughts. And he's telling us something really easy. Paul is saying, you gotta fix your focus. Because how many times do our thoughts follow our focus? And I had the opportunity to talk to a friend yesterday and, 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 and I have to, they have some serious health issues and there's that tension of like, this is a big thing in my life and as I focus on it and it's not getting better, it hurts, but sometimes we get so focused on our problem and how big it is, we forget how big our God is. See, Satan wants you so focused on your problem that you forget how big your God is. And so what are you focused on? Like, do you know how easy it is to focus on that dumb post on Facebook? Do you know how easy it is to focus on who you're mad at? You know, um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I want to say it or not. Like, we tend to focus on who we're mad at. We'll focus on who let us down. We'll focus on how disappointed we are. We'll focus on the worries of life. And Paul simply says, change your focus. You gotta change your focus. Because if you can change your focus... You can change your thoughts. And listen, I get it. You can sit down and there can be somebody that hurt you 10 or 15 years ago and you have no reason why they came to mind in that moment and then you get angry. And the next thing you know, you're driving from Surprise to Queen Creek and you don't even remember how you got there, but I said Queen Creek weird, didn't I? Sorry, but uh, let's just focus. Like you, uh, you, you realize you were driving really far on how you got there because you were thinking of what you would have said, what you would have done. And so what if instead of meditating on who we're mad at, we're meditating on what God says about us? Paul says, pick your thoughts. Like you, listen, I, I'll be honest. Like you, you don't know why some thoughts show up there, but you can, you, you, it's your decision where you want to run those thoughts out. So what do you do with your thoughts? You got to choose your thoughts. And, and, and right now, like, okay, that, that sounds good. Like Paul, like, yeah, we can choose our thoughts. Seems like a really good idea. And then he just throws this weird curveball and being made new that, that jacks us all up. His invitation is say, hey, come die. Like, we're not a cult, I promise, but like, you got a little scared for a moment, but listen what he says. And he says, Paul's really saying, choose your actions. He said, the second choice in your made new stories, you gotta choose your actions. And he says this in Colossians 3, 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Like, let's be honest. We all got some, some evil inside of us, right? Mine mostly comes out when my college football team, which has been losing for the last five years, loses every Sunday, every Saturday. So I don't even know when they lose because it lingers for so long. I'm so angry about it. But like, it's easy, right? Like, it's easy for, for the evil inside of us to come out. Now listen, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. 
For a greedy person is an idolater, idolater, worshiping the things of this world. See, Jesus makes you new in a moment, but you have to daily choose to kill the old you. Because listen, there's a tension we, we, we wrestle with with doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing. And what I've learned in my short 37 years here on earth is you and I, we're all really good at doing stupid. Can you guys agree to that? And if you, you know, they're clapping, they're like, yes, this is me every day. Um, we're all really good at doing stupid and I, I have proof for you. TikTok, um, go look on TikTok. A lot of people are really good at doing stupid. Um, the phrase, hold my beer. Because as soon as that comes out, something dumb and stupid's about to happen. The state of California. I mean, <laughs> oh, all the Californians, we love you. Uh, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't resist. But um, guys, we're really good at doing stupid. Like you don't, <laughs> you actually have to think, think how to not be rude to your spouse when you're upset with your spouse more than you have to think to be kind. You know, more than you have to think to be mean, right? Being mean, a smart aleck comment, a rude post on social media, like those things seem to come natural, don't they? Am I the only one? Wait, wait till football season. I'll have a, f- a finsta so I can post mean things about my team. Or just a zigzag storyline, that's Kyler Murray in the pocket. He just runs around in chaos. Um, sorry for you non-football fans. But, uh, so listen, like, we, we, we all wrestle with the tension of, of doing stupid. Like it, 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 comes, it comes natural to us to want to respond in an ugly way, to get frustrated with somebody, to let our anger show. Parents, like it's really easy. It's really easy to lose it with your kids sometimes, isn't it? Even though you know that parent in Walmart or Target shouldn't have acted that way, but when you're at home, you tend to want to act the same way. And we, we all know there's something inside of us. And Paul says this, you have to daily kill the old you. Listen, having the desire to sin isn't bad. It's allowing the desire to live unchecked that's bad. And so inside of all of us, we're wired. We're gonna mess up. But in your made new story, you gotta choose better actions. Paul says, choose your actions. He even says this in Colossians 3.10. Put on your new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become more like him. Like you don't have to, like every day, like you, you could just choose to go out in your PJs every morning or whatever you wear, don't wear at night, right? But like you choose to get dressed. And in the same way, you have to choose to live for Jesus every day. You have to choose a new you. The old tendencies come really naturally and really easily, but you have to to choose to put on the made new you. It's a choice. Like it's not going to come easy. And um, putting on new, the new you is a daily choice. So we have to be made new daily. See, we can easily put on the old nature, the old things, the things of the past, but our daily story is being made more and more like Jesus. Like your story is daily becoming more like Jesus. But it's a choice. It's a daily choice to die to yourself. Because it's really easy for us to be selfish, right? Like it's, it's a daily choice to get up and spend your first 15 with Jesus. It's a, it's a daily choice not to lie. I mean, it's, this is all stuff we wrestle with, right? Like it's a, it's a daily choice to put your spouse first. It's a daily choice not to give in to the stupid inside of you. It's the daily choice to not let one drink turn to a bottle. It's a, you know, it's a daily choice to not lie or gossip. And I think some of us, 
said it in my notes, but some of us, we, we, we have such a strong conviction about lying and gossiping, but we have, you're gonna hate me, but we, we have no, no hesitation at all of being a jerk on social media about the politician we don't like, the new thing we like. You, you can disagree, and you can disagree on social media, but some of you just need to quit being jerks. But that's, that's the old you, right? That's, that's just natural to be stupid sometimes, right? Like if you have to think really hard, should I or should I not post it? Just don't post it. Or have that smart friend that says, no, you, you have to daily train your eyes, men, to things we should and shouldn't look at on social media. Like there's an inner desire in all of this. This is a daily decision. It's, it's, it's a daily decision when you're driving down Bell Road and somebody pulls out in front of you to not be like, pull, pill the banana, manna? never mind. <laughs> Um, but like we have to daily choose to make the right decision and it's easy to do stupid. And, and listen, the goal, Jesus said this, when he teaches us how to pray, and I love, I love talking about prayer. He says, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, see the goal was never just to get to heaven, to, but bring heaven down to earth. And so that's the part of this, of this series is we gotta bring heaven to earth and we bring it by living the new you. You wanna see the world be better, make the world better. You wanna see the world be better? Live like heaven on earth. And then Paul says this in Colossians 3.11. He says, in this new life, so in your walk with Jesus, he says this, I love it. He says, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. He lives inside of all of us. He reminds us it doesn't matter your 401k. <laughs> He says, you know what? It doesn't matter the, the letters at the end of your name, your social status. He says, it doesn't matter your job title. It doesn't even matter if you get a blue check mark on social media. <laughs> Paul's telling us Jesus is a story and he's the point of the story. And we're so, so good at making us and making ourselves the main character of the story, but the main character is Jesus. You're just this B character, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but you're just the spotlight to Jesus. And so it's a hard decision, but daily we have to make that decision, and we have to make the decision in our workplace. Like, what if we represented Jesus at work? I bet you like your work. You may hate your work for a little while, but you start seeing a change. What if in the gym, and listen, this one's right here to me, the guy that decided to put 325s on the bar when you could just put a 45, a 10, and a 15, you get the same thing. Like I got a little angry with this guy and I was about to roll, roll my eyes at him and somebody said, hey, pastor. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but in that moment, it was a true story, every week almost. But in that moment, I'm like, what, what if... What if I had been rude to him and then he walked in here on a Sunday? What if we were more like Jesus just in everyday life? What if we were more like Jesus at home? And because I'm a man, I can pick on the men for a second. Um, And this is something I've been, I've been wrestling with. I'm like, God, how do I say it? Because I think this is something we need to hear. But man, the responsibilities when you pull in the driveway are more important than the responsibilities. Than the responsibilities you just left. 
So we, oh, we need to like Jesus at work. Man, what if we were Jesus at home? Because you know how it's real easy to be kind of that coworker when you want to represent Jesus and mouth back off to your spouse, to be a jerk to your kids. But man, what if we realize that like the, the responsibilities we pull into every night when we park the car in the garage are more important than the responsibilities we just left that, that give us a paycheck. And you list, you've got you you to be good at your job. You've got to take care of your family. But you can gain the whole world and lose your family. It's not going to be worth it. Listen, Paul goes on to say this. He says in Colossians 3.14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So we know this is God's love. 1 John 4, 8 says this, but like, what if we clothe ourselves with love? Well, like Jesus, clothe, yourself, clothe yourselves with love. 1 Corinthians 13, we all know it. It says this, that love is patient and kind. What if we were patient and kind? It says love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It keeps no demand. It, uh, it does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures in every circumstance. What if we acted like that at home, at work, in the office, in the gym, everywhere we went? So if you wanna know what Jesus would live, like, live life like on earth, look at 1 Corinthians 13, God is love. And it's really good it's really good at a wedding, but it's even better in our lives. And so our goal is to look like Jesus everywhere we go. And so that's why Paul gives us this next choice. He says, choose to be an ambassador. <laughs> he said, your main new story is that you are now called to be an ambassador. Colossians 3.17 says this, and whatever you do or say, do it. Ooh, listen, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. See, your words, your actions, your thoughts, the way you treat people, the way you post on social media, like it all matters. And Paul is saying this, what if we did it as a representation of, the, of him? And so I wanna get super just real with you guys. And this, this series storyline was birthed out of this idea um, that I think Christians are too scared to be Christians. Like we wanna blend in because we wanna be normal, but guess what church, you're called up and you're called out. And so you're supposed to be a difference. You're supposed to be a representation of Jesus, but instead we're like, oh, we can't offend anybody. Well, I know I'm a Christian, but I don't need everybody to, yeah, you do. I'm a Christian, but it's between me and God Then you're not being very good at it. And so what if this, like, what if we decided we're going to be ambassadors and models of the world, of what the world could be? And so if we want to bring heaven to earth, then we got to be ambassadors. We got to be different. Like, what if we were different with our money and, and, and then the rest of the world? Like, what if instead of complaining about politics, believers started going into politics and says, you know what? I'm going to govern. I'm going to lead on the principles of God. What if instead of sitting back and complaining, we got up and did something, church? Like, what if you became a, like, we need you to go out and be a CEO and run a company and start something and run your business by godly biblical principles, but also treat your employees like Jesus would. Like, church, what if we went out and did that? Like, we need teachers. We need teachers to go out and say, you know what? I'm going to be a representative of Jesus. Even if the government controls what I say, I'm going to show Jesus by the way I live, talk, and act, and treat my students and their annoying parents with ugly emails. 
Like, what if we were a representation of Jesus in their community and at our homes? Like, I guess, what if, what if it was believers we said, you know what, I want to go to be an administration in my school and not just in charter schools and public schools. And I'm going to, I'm going to pastor and I'm going to love and I'm going to care for my, my staff and my students like Jesus would. Like, what if we said we're going to go out and be an ambassador, a representation, a representative of Jesus to the world? You know, I heard a pastor a few weeks ago and, and it really challenged me. It's, he said, you know, he talked about the 08 bank crisis, the 08 financial crisis. He said, what if we had Christian presidents of those banks and the Christian CEOs running those banks and we weren't giving out faulty loans? I'm not trying to get political. What I'm saying is what if we led based off what the Bible says, not what the world says? Like to have a Christian, to have a worldview like Jesus would, you gotta view things through the lens of the Bible. Church, like, what if you quit viewing this platform and Pastor John and myself, anybody else, Pastor Michael that stands up here as the only ones with a call and a purpose because you have the same one. We just live it out different. Your job is to go and be the church. And parents, I love that our, our, our family life team wants to partner with you and help raise godly kids. But what if you took the responsibility back with you? I don't know enough Bible. We'll help you. Go see, go see Miss Erin. Erin Dan, our kids director, she has all the resources in the world for you and she will give you all the time in the world because why? We want to help you be the representative. I'm passionate about this because church normal isn't working. So um, every Saturday uh, since 2018, I wrote 10 things I'm grateful for from the day before and I'll always... um, go back and look at what I was writing and praying over the last, this time, you know, all the way back to over 2018 is math is tricky when you're from Alabama. Um, and, I, and I remember I said, God, I just want to be, no matter what seat I am on the bus, I want to see an incredible move of God, a revival and an awakening that's completely disproportionate to who I am. And the, and the church I'm a part of, completely disproportionate to who we are. As I started studying every great move of God, beginning in the book of Acts, it all started when people got out and shared their story. Yeah. Yep. Go be different. Go be different. It's apparently as cool on TikTok anyway, so there you go. Go be different. Go make a difference. And So I gave you three choices you got to make, but there's four. And so we started talking about Lion King. Does anyone remember Lion King? Really good movie. Oh, she loves Lion King. So do y'all. And so Simba thinks he kills his dad. Who's his dad? Does anybody remember? Mufasa. Mufasa. He thinks he kills Mufasa. And, and so Simba thinks it's, his own, thinks it's his fault. And so he just runs. And he runs into the jungle and he goes into hiding. And so I think it's because I think Simba didn't understand who he was. I think he lost sight of that. And so I, I have a mirror. And so we're going to do, I'm going to roll it up for up here a little bit. Um, and so I'm going to try to write. I need some help. So I have a mirror. I hope this doesn't get awkward. You see yourselves. Yeah, you actually do look like that, some of you guys. So sorry, you should have checked one of these before you got here. Um, okay. So, but I need you guys to help me. Um, what do you see when you see me? Somebody yell something. It, somebody said beautiful and energetic. I'll take both of them. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, oh I, I, guys, listen, I write slow. Um, energetic, I should write bigger. Oh, okay, humble, 
Ezra, I really like the beautiful one. You're gonna call me humble? Thank you. <laughs> Somebody said joyful. Give me something else. Hey, listen, also, um, a de- what'd you say? Hang on, I heard a little one. Funny, Funny thank you. Uh, okay, hang on, hang on. Now listen, I have counseling scheduled this week so you can be as insulting as you want, really. Uh, skinny jeans. I heard fashionable. Uh-huh. Somebody else, give me something else. Compassionate? So at this church, we believe everybody has a place but hurt. I'm kidding. Uh, balding. Um, wait. I heard somebody back there say a cross between Justin Timberlake and Jesus Christ, okay? So I'll write JT plus JC equals JH. There we go. (laughs) Somebody said bigger arms than Pastor John. Exactly. Uh, All right, all right, right, I got time. Give me me like one or two more. Somebody online, if we got a mic back there, just somebody online, you post Southern. Kind-hearted. Anybody got anything mean? Uh, maybe I don't want that. <laughs> Change my mind. Um, okay, did anybody put anything online? Oh, she's two minutes behind. Well, when they come later, I really did appreciate your attempt at this. Um, okay, now, now, we're going to keep playing the game. What do you see when you see you? So, um, somebody yell something out. The, oh, the past. Um, let's just write past, okay? Anybody? I can Well, guys, I'm going to sit down let these guys preach. I'm going to call it a day. Scars, that's good. Somebody else. Uh, somebody in the back, yell something. Issues. I heard issues and I heard... Not good at writing, I told you. I, issues, unworthy. What else? Ooh, come on. Failed attempts. Somebody else, what do you see when you see you? The new you. Come on. Somebody's catching on. Jesus. Jesus. Mother. Mother. Forgiven. Come on. Grace. Thankful. Oh, I mean, look look at these like Christians over here. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, now, hang on. We're doing good. Um, remember, I can only write so fast. We don't have to really write anymore. We just type. Um, what does God see when God sees you? Authentic. Thank you. Um, so hang on one second. Because um, when we say, what does God see when God sees you? That hits a little differently, doesn't it? So hang on. Let's, let's wait. Um. Because I think we think oftentimes God sees us through the lens of our past, our mistakes, our sins, and our struggles. But what does God see when God sees you? Somebody give me something. Like for a guy that might have ADD, I don't really know. Like I'm just like. (laughs) Okay, I heard one right here. Forgiven. Okay. I heard one over here. Righteous. Ooh, masterpiece. What else? I almost tripped and failed. That would have been really funny, wouldn't it? It's because of these flash shoes. You know what it is. Chain breaker. Come on. Awesome. Okay. So, adopted. Ooh, that's good. We're adopted children of God. All right, hang on. 
Now, I want to keep going. Um, so if we remember Simone, uh, Simone, nope, I don't know who that is. Um, if we remember uh, Simba, <laughs> he's running and he has this moment where he meets who? Timon and, Timon and, uh, help. Timon and Pumbaa. You can't put a Southern boy up here to try to say this stuff. And so he meets, listen, listen, he meets Timon and Pumbaa. They're singing a kuna matata. They're like running around in the jungle eating some bugs under logs. Like they're having a blast. Um, and then, does anybody remember the, the baboon with the blue booty? Rafiki, right? Yes. And, and so um, he, he runs into Rafiki and Rafiki asks, who are you? All right. And Simba asks him, who are you? And I'll be honest, I think that's a question we all wrestle with daily. And now I'm going to be mean, but those of you that even said the good issues, the good things about you and the way God sees you, you also see the mess too, right? And so if you remember the story, um, like, like Simba and Rafiki are kind of arguing back and forth, and Rafiki's just kind of teasing him a little bit, and, and um, Simba says, who are you? And Rafiki says, the question isn't, who am I, but who are you? You know, and he goes up really high. And then he says... Because I don't even think you know who you are. And then if you know the story, um, Rafiki leads Simba to the water. And for the first time, he sees his reflection in the water and he, and he sees his father. And there's this, there's this moment of, of redemption in that moment. But I think Simba ran from his past, from his mistakes, from his sins, from his inadequacies. And I think we do the same thing. We all do the same thing. We're all oftentimes in our stories zigzagging as we run from something. So let's ask the question again, but you don't have to answer. What does God see when God sees you? And so the truth is, I think, I'm gonna turn it to you for just a second. Like there's all this stuff and right, right? Like there's good things and there's bad things on here. Like there's energetic, compassionate, new, painful, past scars. Like there's, good things and bad. I think some of us would write CEO, mother, father, child. Like we would write different things on here, but the problem is, as we look at the mirror, it's just a distorted view of you. Like even the good things, it's, it's a distorted view of you. And so like Simba, I think we have this distorted view of us and we don't see what God sees. So what does God see? And I skipped over it very intentionally in the beginning. Colossians 3, 3, it says this, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, God, listen, God no longer sees your sin. He sees his son. So 
we need to know God looks at you like he looks at Jesus. And so listen, the, the next choice, you've got to choose to see Jesus and not the old you. And I think this is what keeps you from sharing your story. As you look at the past and you see a distorted view of who you are. But listen, Jesus was the hope of the world. And now Jesus through you is the hope of the world. And you're a part of God's story and your story matters. But we got to see how Jesus sees you so you know how to see you. God sees his son in you. And listen, man, Numbers says this. I love this. It says Numbers 6, 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Like, you remember that song? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Like some of you got it so far down in your heart, you need to remind your face. But and that was mean. <laughs> but, but like the truth is this, I think like Miss Down that, that song reminds me of my t- my sixth grade teacher, Miss Downey. Great believer. She always looked angry. And I think in our minds we'd see God with this uh, scowl and looking at us very angrily. But what do we just learn in numbers? He's not this angry, scowling God. I think some of you, you think God's turned his back on you. And then we read this in Numbers that he didn't turn his back on you, but he's looking at you. Listen, friend, he's not just giving you his face, he's giving you his smile. And we'll see the past, we'll see the sin, we'll see the mistakes, but God sees his son. And so guess what that means? Even when I'm happy, And I'm proud and look, I can preach and I can hope you guys think I did really good. But you know what? When I have my identity where it is, it's hidden behind the cross. And so God no longer sees me, he sees this. And he doesn't see your sin, he sees this. And church, if I could get you to see you're part of God's story and he sees that, he doesn't see your mistakes. And guess what? When you're great at work, you're gonna be bad one day. And you know what? If it's your identity's in work and not in that, it's gonna be really hard. So what if you hid your identity behind the cross? Because God no longer sees your sin, he sees your son. So today you have to rewrite the script. You have to change the way you think. You have to change, I forgot where I was going. You have to change the way you act. You gotta change how you see you. You don't just get his face, you get a smile. You are part of God's story. And so in just a moment, we're gonna have some people get baptized. And you know what this is? This isn't a moment right here that you try to get the smile of God. This is the moment where they say, you know what, I'm made new and I'm living from the smile of God, right? Like this is a moment where they say, all the old me is down. There's a new me coming up and I'm gonna daily choose to live for Christ. I'm gonna daily choose to let go of my anger. I'm gonna daily choose to let go of those sins I struggle with. I'm daily gonna choose to live for Jesus. And then when they go in, they, they were, see, you, they've already made that decision to follow Christ. When they go in, they're coming up, they're saying, hey, I'm walking forward in confidence in who Jesus says I am. now I want you to give you a chance to invite Jesus into your story. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, if you came in here today and you're like, you know what, I'd love to 
give my life to Jesus. And I haven't invited him into my story and the day, today is the day I wanna do it. I want you to slip your hand off. If you're online, you can raise your hand in the chat. But if you say, I need to invite Jesus into my story and have the power of presence that Pastor Michael's talked about, I want you to slip your hand up. And there's one. Is there anybody else? There's one hand in church. We're gonna pray this together. So church, say out loud with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Come live in my heart and make me new. From today forward, I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, put your hands together for that one. So biblically, the next step is to go public with water baptism. And so if you say, hey, I've never gone public with my faith. We got everything you need. We got towels, we got clothes, we got stuff I don't know about that I would tell you if I knew. So go over there. There'll be somebody at that door here in just a second. And you guys can go to that door. And if you wanna say, I wanna make that decision and go public with my faith. It's not, it's not it's something we don't do for the approval, but we, it's that moment we show we're living from the approval of God. And so if you wanna do that, I'd like to invite you to, to do that right now. If you said yes to Jesus recently and you haven't taken that step, we got you covered. We do, we got everything. Now, church, stand up. Stand up, we're gonna practice something. Stand up, we can go ahead and steal my stuff if we want to. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. So when, when, when so the, we read the, in the Bible that the angels celebrated life change, when one person says yes to Jesus, and there's a line of people that have already made that decision, but they're showing you. And so I want you guys to, I mean, I mean maybe the men can do it, but like rip your shirts off and run around and scream if you want to, just the men. But like, let's go crazy about this. Because guys, today is the day we're gonna celebrate life change. And when they come down and come up, we're gonna make some noise and we're going to celebrate what Jesus is doing in our lives. Come on, Gavin, let's sing it. Listen, we love you guys. And I want to say thank you. It's because of, of God's faithfulness. It's because of your generosity. Life change happens. Like, so if you want to see what your generosity does, you saw it. You were a part of that life change. So thank you. And, and listen, there's three ways you can give. You can give online. You can text to give or in the giving boxes. But I want to say thank you. Thank you for life changing. Guess what? There's going to be more. So we got like another 10 more happening next service. And so if you didn't make that decision, it's burning inside of you. There's still water. We can still do it. But listen, we love you guys. We hope you have an amazing Sunday. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week.